Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gospel Simply Put podcast. I am your host, Apostle Cavill Warner, and today I want to be discussing with you where is the evidence of your intimacy. And I believe as a believer in God or a believer in Christ, that one of the things that we need to do that needs to happen, or even not so much need to do, but things that need to happen is the fact that if I spend time with God, there should be evidence of my time being spent with God. Well, how can you say that? Well, I'm so glad you asked. If we look throughout the Bible, there has been people who've been touched by God and there was always evidence of them being touched by God. Can I say that? Let's, if we take the example of Moses, okay? Moses was in the tabernacle and when Moses came out, his face would glow from being in the presence of God. There's another example when Moses first met God, right? By the burning bush. If you were to read, you would find out that as Moses met God, when he left the presence of God, his countenance was different. He was changed. He was different. Okay. And a lot of people think that just because you get saved, that your physical will change. Well, I'm here to tell you being saved doesn't change you physically. It changes you spiritually, mentally, spiritually and mentally, if I can say it that way. It changes you from the inside out, not the outside in. And what happens is we have a lot of people who say, well, I got saved and I'm changed. And everybody's looking you up and down like change is supposed to be a physical thing. A lot of times when we get saved, glory to God, and we continue in the process of being saved, uh, our mindset changes. Our thought process changes. Why? Because we put on the mind of Christ, right? It's supposed to be a mindset change. So if I can change my mind, I can change who I am. I can change how I am, right? The difference between somebody in this place or somebody in that place can simply be a mindset issue. Okay, it could simply be a mindset issue. Now, it doesn't mean there are other factors involved, but one of the things that makes a difference from somebody being here or somebody being there is a made up mind. Because somebody may say, look, I make up my mind that I'm not going to do this. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to go there. And because of that, there's, they make up their mind to create change, whether they go to school or they do whatever. But if their mind never changed to what they're doing so as to what they're called to do, there will be no change, right? They'll still be in the same place they were, okay? So when you come to Christ, there should be a mind change. And I'm saying it may not happen immediately for everybody, but as you live life and as you go along doing whatever it is you're doing and you go along serving God and, and serving Christ and believing in Christ, there should be a mindset change. But unfortunately, we have a lot of people that profess Christ, but there's no change. And this is where you would see people who who could, who could speak in tongues one minute and then they'd be cussing and they'd be doing and they'd be fornicating and doing everything else right after. A lot of people don't want to give up their flesh. And what we cannot do is blame God for somebody who professes Christ but didn't go all the way. Okay, that's like saying uh, that's like saying somebody got married and, and they say, well, oh, I got married. Yeah, but. Uh, but I'm still with this other woman. But y'all blame the woman. That makes no sense. If the man chooses to be with another woman, why are you blaming the woman? Blame the man. Go after the man. The man is wrong, not the woman. Because she probably has no idea that the man is having somebody else. So a lot of times we put the blame in the wrong place. 
we put the focus in the wrong place. We blame God for what people won't do. Amen. I just want to make that make, bring that understanding. We blame God for what people won't do. God, when Jesus died on the cross, right? He released something called dunamis power. Or that power was released, right? And when that power was released, he also released it in the form of the Holy Ghost. And when, when the Holy Ghost was released, glory to God, as we know about Pentecost, when the, the Holy Ghost was released, he gave us power over unclean spirits. He gave us power over the things that kept us bound. Here's where the gospel comes in, right? Because if you're going to have, if you're going to be, if you're going to say, well, I've been praying, I've been seeking God, I've been fasting, I've been doing this, there should be some evidence of your praying and seeking God. Again, the way we know this is, again, looking back in the Bible, we can see what happened with Moses when Moses spent time with God. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. He spent time with God. We look in the New Testament, right? We look at Apostle Paul before he, Apostle Saul before he became Apostle Paul, right? He had encounter with Christ and he was never the same, right? We have a lot of people saying they had a change or they, they, they got saved, but there's no change. And this is why there's a problem. This is why the world is saying, well, I ain't going to church because look at the church folk. Now, I'm not here to bash the church or to bash anybody or I'm not here to bash anybody that's cursing or whatever the case may be. That's not my intention. My intention is to get you to understand that if you say you are a believer, you can stop cursing. If you say that you're a believer, you can stop fornicating. If you say that you love God and you're called according to his purpose or anything along those lines, what, what the Bible considers sin, you can stop doing. But it takes somebody, it takes somebody to say, hey, guess what? Look, I don't want to do this no more. It takes somebody to trust God enough with their flesh, with their emotions and how they feel and what they think they believe they need. Because a lot of times this world gives you a false sense of what you what you need to be you. Some people say, I need to be doing this three times a week. I need to be doing that three times a week. Anything that you cannot control. Anything that has control over you and you cannot control is your God. Okay, so if you can't put that bottle down, you're addicted. If you can't put that, if you can't just stop having sex because you, you if you can't stop cheating, let me say it that way. If you can't stop cheating, that thing has control over you. Right. If you can't, I, I just got to have this. I just got to. It's, it's almost like you're a fiend. You're just a, you're just a crackhead in a different form. Right. Crack will control you. Right. Uh, uh, drugs. It will control you, mess up your life, make you dependent on it. But some people are dependent on the bottle. Some people are dependent on sex. Some people are dependent on money. Some people are dependent on Facebook. Some people are dependent on likes and people liking them and people constantly reaffirming them. That ain't nothing wrong with them. There's a lot of things that we're addicted to. Some people are addicted to food, clothes, you name it. A lot of people are addicted to things. But what I found out is this. The more I begin to spend time with God is the more I begin to lose some of these things that I thought made me who I am. Because we all have an idea, well, this makes me, well, this defines me, that defines me. But in Christ, when you come in Christ, you have a new definition. You have a new defining, something new defines you. Because now you're operating by his standards, not your standards. Because the world standards say, well, you, 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 in order for you to be like this, you got to be like that. For if, in order for you to be like this, you got to be like that. But being saved means I trade what the world is doing and I pick up what God says. Now, this is what being saved means now. Right. I mean, I confess that my Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Right. 
right? I believe it with my heart. I confess with my mouth, right? This, this is the whole thing, right? But a lot of people, they're believing and they're confessing, but there's no change because it goes beyond believing and confessing. Believing and confessing opens the door, but they're still, but you got to walk through the door. A lot of people believe and confess, but they never walk through the door. So what, what, so what am I trying to say? I'm saying all that to say this, right? If you're going to spend time with anybody, there should be evidence of you spending time with them, right? If you spend a lot of time on YouTube watching certain videos, guess what? That's what you're going to talk about. Man, I was watching this YouTube video and this and this was happening and that and that was happening. And you talk about it so much. Somebody be like, man, that's all you talk about because that's all you spend time with. If you are intimate with a woman, if, if you as a man is intimate with a woman, right? And y'all are having sexual relationships or whatever the case may be or however you want to call it, right? There's going to be some evidence of that. One, if you ever notice folks that have been having, that's been having sexual relations for a long time, if you ever notice they start to look alike? Folks that spend time together, they start to look alike. That's evidence of intimacy. Another ev evidence of intimacy is pregnancy. Another evidence of intimacy for, for some of us uh, is emotional ties. Man, I can't live without it. Man, I can't. I can't live without her. Man, I just love that person. This person just makes me feel good. This person does this. This person does that, right? Because the understanding is if I'm going to be intimate with somebody, that means it's going to bring me to a different connection, a different relationship, a different depth in that depth, depth in that person or with that person, right? Because I'm intimate with them. I'm spending time with them. And not just on a sexual level, but a conversational level. Because intimacy is not just sexual. Intimacy started with conversation. Okay. So if I have an intimate conversation with people, I learn more about them than I do about myself because I have an intimate conversation. I'm exchanging intimate things with that person. And again, intimacy is not just sexual. Intimacy started with words. So now we move from that understanding and we place this in God. When we come to Jesus, we open the door for intimacy. When we get saved, we open the door for intimacy, right? We open the door for what we call relationship, okay? Now that we have a, a relationship established or we open the, the, well, that's a fact. We have this relationship with Christ now. Now what is important for us to do is to spend time with God so we know who he is, right? Talk to him, worship, praise. Well, we're fasting. If we're not fasting, we're consecrating. Whatever we're doing, we're reading the Bible. We're, 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 you know, whatever we're spending time, we're talking to him. Uh, we're prayer. We're in prayer. We're talking to him like he's our buddy. He's our friend, right? Because the understanding is this. If I'm going to be intimate with God, there should be some evidence of my intimacy. There should be evidence of my intimacy, regardless as to what you may think or feel. There is evidence. Anybody who has come in contact, look at the scriptures. I mean, you choose anyone who's come in contact with God or who had a relationship with God. They were never the same person. Look at the, the, look at the disciples, right? Twelve men, according to the word of God, twelve men who had different perspectives, come from a different life, walks of life, this is that and the third. But here they are. They went from being sailor men, cussers, this is that and the third, to all of a sudden being these, 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 these anointed men of God walking talking, praising God, giving, I mean, I mean, delivering folks, setting folks free, all kind of stuff. They went from one thing to the next, but they didn't do it. Not because they didn't get it because, and, and, and I hate to say it this way, they didn't do it because they went to school. 
They did it because they spent time with God. The problem is a lot of us don't want to spend time with God. It's too simple. We want to go to school or we want to go to this place and, and get and get a, a, a and get a certificate. And that certificate is supposed to somehow justify or become our intimacy. No, no. There's no substitution for, for spending time with God. There is no substitution. And when we spend time with God, it does something to us. It changes our attitude. It changes our personality. It changes our mindset. Why? Because the more I spend time with God is the more I learn to love him. Can we be honest? For those of us that are believers, when we learn to love God, we learn to see God for who he is. Right? Not just a provider. Not just a sugar daddy. Not just somebody who's there whenever we need him. And oh, oh, that's that's my ride or die. Jesus is more than a ride or die. He's more than that. But the problem is because folks only been taught that he's a provider because we shout on cue when we say, oh, God is a provider. We shout on cue, even though that's true. So nobody know him past that. Because see, when you know intimacy with God, when you know intimacy with a spouse, he's not just a provider. He's a good lover. He talks to you. He knows how to touch you. He knows what the right words to say. He knows how to make you laugh. He knows how to see you for who you are. He don't judge you. He don't this. He don't that. But when it comes to God, we have a different perspective. We have a different perspective. We act like God just wants to beat us and send us outside uh, naked in the street for everybody to deal with us and look at us and laugh at us. That's not the God we serve. The God we serve is a God that covers. He is a God that covers. He changes the hearts of men and women. I don't care what kind. I don't care what kind of person you are. If you would allow God in and allow God to touch you, allow God to work on your heart, allow God to work on your mind, he will change you. I've seen it. I've seen alcoholics become non-alcoholics. I've seen I've seen folks that cheat and they they just can't stop doing this. I've seen them go through and now they're no longer cheaters. People say once a cheater, always always a cheater. But if you get in Christ, if you allow the power of Christ to work in you, you don't have to be a cheater. You don't have to be a cheater. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in spending time with Jesus. Catch this real quick, right? Mary, when we talk about the, the birth of Jesus, amen, I believe in the Immaculate Conception. So if you don't, hey, that's on you. When we look at the Immaculate Conception, we look at Mary spending time for a short second with an angel. And the angel only told her what was going to happen. That one conversation with that angel resulted in pregnancy. Amazing. We look at Jacob, right? How he became Israel. The Bible says that he was he he detained God. And God touched him on the hip. He left with a touch in his hip. He left with evidence of his intimacy. But the problem is there's a lot of us, amen, we claim Christ, but we're not intimate with Christ. There's a lot of us that say they love the Lord and they'll 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 get all spiritual. Oh, I love the Lord. He just said, mm, and they'll and they'll jump and they'll mm, and, and they'll be all churchy about it. But if you want to be honest, there's God is like they a boyfriend that they only or, or God is like to some to some folks, God is like friends with benefits. That's how some folks are with God. 
And I'm saying it this way for a reason. Because at the end of the day, some folks, the only reason why they love God is because of what he can do. So that's friends with benefits. Oh, he touches me right. Oh, oh, he always saves me. Oh, he's always right on time. Okay, but what about the rest of it? Where's you giving him your heart? Because he doesn't gave you his. Where's you giving him his time? Because he's trying to give you his. Where is you praying? Where is you fasting? Where is you seeking his face? Where is you doing the things of God that God is calling you to do? Where is you giving that person that word? Where is you uh, delivering that message to that person? Where is you uh, displaying Christ-like behavior? Where are you when you should be doing this for God? And you're saying, well, oh, God understands. Does he? But here's the thing. God sees our heart. So if he understands, if he understands, he understands that you are putting him off. He understands that you are putting him off and you're not treating God right. And then you're upset when God don't come through for you. Then you're upset when God don't, when you call it on his name and nothing happened. God ain't no sugar daddy. He don't come just because you call him when you show no sign of evidence. That's like saying a total stranger or a person that you met yesterday is supposed to be at your beck and call because uh, because you called. No. No. Yes, God will. God saves. Yes, God heals. Yes, God touches. Yes, God delivers. But at the same time, you've been saved for 30 years and the only intimacy you have with God is when you go to church. And that's an act. That ain't even real. We should be fasting. Don't nobody want to fast no more. We should be consecrating. Don't nobody want to separate themselves no more. We should be talking to God on a continuous basis. Oh, oh, that seems spooky. That's mystical. What? I have a problem when we declare the simple things of God to be something that is not. The Bible says simply talk to him. Conversation. What is conversation? What do I mean by simply talk to him? I mean by prayer. Prayer is something that you can do all day. And prayer is not just, oh, oh, heavenly thou father and and and, and the kingdoms that rule the earth and, and, and look at the stars and the moon. That is not. People are supposed to have that level of intimacy with God where at any given time you can talk to God and hear his voice. The same way you can call your best friend and talk to your best friend. Hey. That's how you go. You ever spend time with somebody and wind up taking on some of their ways, taking on some of their words, taking on some of the things they say? You ever did that before? See, this is the problem with folks. You can spend time with people or be intimate with people, take on their ways and think that's normal. But when it comes to God, you won't spend time with him because if you take on the ways of God, it'll mess up your lifestyle. But then you expect God to come through when something goes wrong. No, 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 not in this season. There should be evidence of your intimacy with God. When was the last time you had a good prayer session? And I'm not talking about in your closet. I'm talking about when was the last time that you spent time with God, talking with God, uh, 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 seeking his face, loving on God? When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you say, God, I'm here for you? 
Where was the last time you said, Jesus, I love you? When was the last time you just worshipped him in like in spirit and in truth? I mean, like for real worship. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you forgot about your friend? When was the last time you forgot about the job that you had to do? When was the last time you forgot about anything that was going on and just said, Lord, I'm going to love you right now. I'm going to spend my time with you. When was the last time you did that? Hey, when was the last time you actually put your phone down? Now, I'm probably upset somebody on that right there. Because the truth of the matter is this. We put a lot of things before God and expect to change. It don't work that way. Everybody who was changed in the Bible, they was changed because they got in the presence of God or God came to them and showed them something or talked to them or moved them or did something to them. But you have to allow it. You have to want this. Intimacy is not something that you're forced into. Anybody who's forced into intimacy is called rape. So if you're forced to worship, if you're forced to do certain things, that's not worship. Intimacy should be something you want to do. Worship is something you want to do. Loving God is something you should want to do. I mean, after all, he gave you life. See, a lot of y'all think, oh, well, mom and daddy gave, no, because if mom and daddy want, want, um, if mom and daddy wanted to, and God said, no, you wasn't getting out here. It wouldn't have been you. It might've been somebody else. We have to understand God is still in full control. He is still in full control. I pray this brings some understanding to somebody as we move forward, because in moving forward from here on, when I get into the throne room to pray, what am I praying for? Some of us are praying amiss. Because we're praying for uh, uh, physical things. Well, God, I need a job. God, I need this. God, I need that. When was the last time you said, God, deal with my character? God, deal with my heart. God, deal with my mindset. God, deal with the things that I don't understand. God, deal with me. A lot of times we'll go to God about our enemies. But when will you see that the biggest enemy is you? Your biggest enemy lives on the inside of you. You need to change first. And that's the thing. A lot of people, they want the, everybody else to change but themselves. They want to stay in their lying, manipulative, controlling ways and say something wrong with everybody. Everybody can't be wrong. Everybody can't be wrong. Somebody's going to be right about you. A lot of people are in denial about who they really are, but getting into the presence of God, it changes us, it shapes us, it molds us. I believe it's uh, uh, William McDowell says, wrap me in your arms, take me to that place, to that secret place where I can be like you, you can make me like you, wrap me in your arms, right? Be intimate with God, love on God. Spend time with God. The more you spend time with God, is the more you have an, a, 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 is the more you change. Is the more, is the more you are touched. Is the, is the more things begin to happen for you. Is the more the in from the inside out. There's a change. That's why people used the old school used to say, "I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see." Why are they saying that? Because when they got, when they got, when they spent time with God, what used to be a black thing now became. No, I don't want to say black, but what used to be a bad thing was turned. For their good. 
ladies and gentlemen, we have to get back to being intimate with God. We've got to get back to spending time with God. A lot of us, we're so modern that we're so busy that we don't have time for God anymore. And I'm here to tell you that's not going to work going forward. I'm here to tell you that's not going to do you any good moving forward. Because moving forward means I need to hear from God. Moving forward, especially in this season that we're in, it means I need to hear from God. I need to spend time with God because, Lord, if you don't lead me and guide me, I'm going to make decisions in my flesh. When the Bible tells us not to live in the flesh, not to live in the flesh. For more accurate, for some of you Bible believers, it says walk in the spirit that you fulfill, not the lust of the flesh. The gospel simply put is there is hope. There is hope. There is hope that I don't have to pick up a bottle. There is hope that I don't have to shoot myself. There's hope that I don't have to die not knowing that there's something different about me. There's hope. Hope in God. Hope in Christ. That there's something greater. Something great. I'm here for a bigger purpose than what I am right now. I'm here for a better understanding than what I am right now. There's something bigger in play here. The question is, do we see it? A lot of us, we feel, we know that there's something different. Because you say there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to this. There's got to be more. I can even hear you saying it. This can't be it. And you have to convince yourself that this can't be it. But the truth is, you're right. This isn't it. There's a whole lot more to this than you think. There's deeper levels. So many of us that call ourselves Christians, we're just we're just uh we're just Christians on Sunday. But Monday through Saturday, we're hellraisers. But we're Christians on Sunday because we go to church, right? We go to church and we take sacraments and then we leave and the very thing that the sacraments goes against is what we do. The sacraments go against lying, cheating, stealing, fornicating. But that's the very thing we go and do. Now, this is not for the person who's trying to live right. What I'm talking about at this point is it may not be for the person who's trying to live right. I'm talking about those who say that they're Christians on Sunday, but the rest of the week they just do whatever they want and they're not even trying to change. But for those of you that do want change, spend time with God. Spend time with God. Look at the disciples. They spent time with Jesus. They did. They Come on, y'all. They spent time with Jesus. Ask yourself this question. The person that I'm spending the most time with, do I look like them? Do I sound like them? Do I even have some of their attributes? I gave the example earlier. When people are married, they start looking the same. They start finishing each other's sentences. It's because they've been intimate and not just sexually. They've been intimate with conversation and words and mannerisms. But even your best friend, the one you spend so much time with, don't you start finishing their sentences? Because y'all know each other? That is a form of intimacy. But the funny thing is, y'all are intimate with your friends, y'all are intimate with your man or your woman, 
but ain't nobody, but none of y'all want to be intimate with God. If you call yourself a believer in this season, intimacy is necessary. Intimacy is something that is needed for you to move forward in the things of God. Do not, ladies and gentlemen, fool yourself thinking that I can I can get into heaven and I don't spend time with God. Do not be a fool thinking that uh yeah, I, I could just put a check in my pocket and when I get to heaven, uh, you know, I buy my way in. That's what people say. That is foolish thoughts. Foolish. But the way to heaven, we know is through Christ. It is through relationship with Christ. That's like saying, you know, I'm going to the club, but I got a hookup in the club. I got a connection in the club. And what you do is, and what folks do is they ignore the connection and they go to the bartender, they go to the um to the uh to the people at the door and they want to give them money and they go, Nope, you gotta go. Instead of calling your connect. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, intimacy is important. So as I was saying, intimacy is important. And there's no way that you're going to think that you're going to go to the next level in God. And think that you're not going to have a deeper relationship with him. I mean, really, when you think about it, you look at intimacy between or relationships between male and female or female and female, male and male, whatever. You look at friendship, right? A lot of people are good friends because they spend time with one another, because they talk to one another. They're not good friends because, oh, well, what used to be friends? They're not good friends just because they say, hey, hey, every morning and they go about their business. No, they're friends because they spent time with one another. And I'm here to tell you, it's the same thing for God. You've got to spend time with him. I'm going to be doing probably a series on this because my mind is going so many places concerning this and being intimate with God because the one kind of one of the first things we need to do when dealing with intimacy is kind of bringing back that word intimacy to what it's supposed to be. Because intimacy is not just sexual, but anytime you hear the word intimacy, most people think sex. But a lot of us need to know you can be intimate in a conversation. God desires our intimacy. God desires our time. He desires us our prayer. He desires us communicating with him. That's intimacy I'm talking about. On a daily basis, not, well, I pray for two hours and then the next eight hours, you don't even think or say or you don't even think or do nothing with God. And then before you go to bed at night, you're like, oh, um, thank you all for everything that happened today. And you go to bed. That's not intimacy. That is not intimacy. And if you started off that way, that's cool. But you're supposed to grow from that. Ain't nothing wrong with spending two hours in prayer, but there should be evidence of your two hours of prayer. And one, it should be a change in you. So it brings me it brings me to this question. What are you praying about? This is why the Bible says we hit or miss because we're praying for the wrong thing. We're praying, oh, I, Lord, I need a house. Oh, Lord, I need a car. Again, when will you pray about your character? When will you pray about you? We got to get past asking God just for material things. But again, 
if you don't really have a relationship with someone, that's what you're going to do. It's like going to the deli. You're just going to ask for what you want and go on about your business because you're not intimate with that person. Just that simple. But the more you get to know that person, you start changing your questions. Hey, man, how's the family? Instead of, hey, man, can I just get a sandwich? You know, you know what kind of sandwich it is. Oh, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that. But when you when you are intimate in conversation, the dynamic changes. Hey, man, how you been? How you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you've been doing that thing, right? You've been doing, you know, hey, man, I'm just working or whatever the case may be. The relationship changes. Why? Because your intimacy changed. That's why if you keep going to that same place to get something to eat, after a while, it's not just, yeah, let me have that right there. It's, hey, man, how is your day? Oh, my day was good. It was this. It was that. It was this. And even in marriages. Some people they have physical intimacy, but no no intimacy in words. Right? They have sex because it's the right thing to do, and they marry, but they don't know how to talk to each other. Because as soon as they talk talking to each other, it's a fight. Oh, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That that ain't no intimacy. It does. That's not intimacy. So now when you come to have sex, it's just straight sex because y'all don't even love one another. Y'all don't even know how to communicate with one another. And then you wonder why there's an issue in the relationship. Because there's no intimacy. Or there's one-sided intimacy. So, like I said, I'm probably going to be doing a series on this as far as where is where is the evidence of your intimacy with God. Because I believe spending time with God creates change. I mean, seriously spending time with God and giving into the things that God has for you. That brings change. But a lot of people have this mentality that all I'm supposed to do is say thank you jesus or go to, go to church on sunday and i'm good no no that is not what god said that's not what the bible says we have to go back to the basic truth so listen i'm going to thank you guys for joining me on today's episode of the gospel simply put what is the evidence of your is there what is the evidence of your intimacy i want to thank you for that and spending the time with me i pray that you guys continue to listen i want to say thank you to all my listeners out there and each and every one of you who has been supporting from day one, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I pray that this makes sense to you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be, like I said, I want to do a series of this about being intimate with God, being intimate with, uh, with Jesus, amen, and spending time with God, even beyond what you think is required. Because to say, well, I've been there for two hours, the length of time has nothing to do with the intimacy. Because you could be two hours just sitting there. Did you listen to God when he spoke to you? Do you even think that God talks back to you? So how is it intimate if it's just a one-way conversation? By then, all you're doing is just dumping garbage. That's all you're doing. And getting emotional. Where's the rest of it? When you're intimate with a person as far as conversation is concerned, they'll talk back to you. This is not supposed to be a one-sided conversation. So, like I said, I'm going to do a series on this and, you know, kind of just get back to it because I believe that intimacy is much needed, not just amongst the believers in Christ, but I believe it's also needed as people because people don't even know how to talk to one another. People talk at each other versus talking to one another. And that's a whole nother scenario. But the end, but the understanding in this in this podcast is just to get you simply to understand. If I'm going to spend time with God, there must be some evidence of the time I've spent with him. 
there must be something eventually that would visibly show that I've been changed. Some people who spend time with God, they stop doing the things they used to do. They stop going to the clubs. They start partying. They stop partying. They stop drinking. They stop doing this. Now, if you have an issue where you're still, where you've been saved all your life and, you know, God hasn't taken that away from you, then you keep going until he does. But I hope that this is not, but I can only hope that when it comes to intimacy with God, that the things that you're, that, that you're dealing with is not something that you're holding on to. Because a lot of times we hold on to sin. But again, that itself is another another podcast. But I do want you to know that I listen. I love you. I love you with the love of God. Nothing you can do to change that. Everybody has issues. I don't care who you are or what you are. Everybody has issues. And what I need for you to do is recognize that nobody's perfect, but we are walking towards perfection. You understand what I'm saying? We are walking towards it. And while I'm in that direction, while I'm going that direction, would you join me? Would you join me on my way to perfection? Would you join join me on my way to being like Christ? But the first thing I need to do is establish a relationship. First thing I need to do is be intimate with God. The gospel is out there so that you can have hope. You and me and anybody else can have hope. Amen. May God bless you richly. Be encouraged. Be blessed. I love you. Talk to you on the next one.